Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Television. While you put my lights out, better say I'm back and I'm standing. And you and I are going to face each other. What you got around your waist, I want real bad. And I think it's a disgrace for this country to have a Russian as a United States heavyweight champion. Now, it took three of you to get the job done on Ronnie Garvin. Obviously, you're scared of something. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to prove to me that you are a superior athlete like you say. The only thing superior about you is I find out that you go go to sleep a little quicker than anybody else when I hit you with a right hand. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to walk that aisle, step in that ring, and I'm coming after you to get what you got around your waist. And you're going to have to prove to me that you're a man. Let's bring in the World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express, if any of the titles against Ivan Kolov and Krusha Khrushchev. Yeah, you're talking about the Russians. They want something that belongs to us. I'm talking about the NWA World Tag Team title. You see, Russians, we went round and round before, and it ain't going to be no different right here in the 80s. So right there in Cincinnati, guys, come on down. The people stick behind the Rock and Roll Express. We're going to put your shoulders down for one, two, three count, Tony. That's right, Tony. The Cincinnati Gardens, baby. We're going to be there. I'm talking about USA style against the Russians. In which he before we defeated the Russians for these belts twice. Right here in Cincinnati, brother. It's your time. You're up for the grabs for these belts. And we're going to be there at 110%. Because, baby, we're talking about rocking in the USA. Woo! Nature Boy Rick Flair defends the NWA World Heavyweight title again. Well, what do you think, Andrew? We're on the number one broadcast out of Long Island in New York. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show, baby. Brother, daddy, daddy, brother. You know it. This is Gangrel, and you're fanging and banging to Long Island's number one pro wrestling podcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're Money, Inc., and you're watching Long Island's number one wrestling broadcast with Monty and the Pharaoh. here out of Indie Music TV in Ronkonkoma, Long Island. 
at the board on an early 8 a.m. show on a Sunday. I'm missing church, by the way. What? Yeah, yeah you are. Oi. Trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble. Maddie, you all right there, bud? Yo, yo, yo. Look, you're awake. We got. I am wide awake, ready yo, to go. Want to apologize? Yo, 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 out of him. Usually he's like, I'm doing fine. How are you? Uh, yo, wow, Maddie, you're too Got to fake the enthusiasm. <laughs> If anyone didn't know, that's the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow to my right, Jimmy. Early morning, 8 a.m. for you. That's yeah. some crazy stuff, bro. Yeah, not bad. Boy, well, the phone rang at 6.40. Get we got, we got, Farrow, get the hell up. I got to give Indie Music credit, okay. our, our special guest uh, pro wrestling icon, Ronnie Garvin, credit. Answer 8 in the morning is early to deal with an interview, but uh, we're also thanking the fans who are joining us today who love Mr. Ronnie Garvin. But before we get with... Uh, the hands of stone. Yes, sir. Uh, great show Thursday. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, nice to be back. I, I wanted, almost forgot how to get here. I wanted to quickly weigh in on the Mickey James situation. What? What now? Again, the world is full of this crap, and we got to worry about Mickey James being angry over the fact that the WWE sent her stuff in a garbage bag back to her after terminating <laughs> her contract. But wait a minute, this is where it gets bad, in though, a dude. Garbage bag. She goes. To I still can't believe that. But, Go on. But she goes to social right. media. Yeah. She takes okay. the picture. All right. And then Mark Serrano loses his job over it. Because right. he put it in a garbage bag. I heard about that. I mean, that. I don't know. I've never been fired, but I have left jobs. Yeah. And how did they send my stuff to me? Can you take a guess? It, it, not in a garbage bag. Yes, in a fucking garbage you bag. You got your shit in a garbage of bag? Of course! Why really? wouldn't you? Nobody would dare send the Pharaoh shit in a garbage bag. Okay. What? I've never had that. Well, well, then again, done. I don't have anything to put in a garbage I bag. Well, I don't got anything. Welcome so. to the real world. Hey. Yeah, I'd yeah, like I to, guess. I'd like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and the Farrow, our own Jimmy Farrow, along oh. with his partner, oh. Bart Grib- right. Griggs. They make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as our theme song, Riding High in yeah. My Dreams. This life not far behind. Here comes the rain. You can find their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation. And go to their YouTube page. Give them a little like. Give them a little thumbs up. And uh, all will be well. We if you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen here on YouTube. The Monty Nefaro YouTube page. The Monty Nefaro Facebook page. Hear us on the iHeartRadio Spotify Anchor. Watch us on the Monty and Faro Twitch TV page. We're all over the place. We're like the Beach Boys. We get around. And if that's not enough, if you live in New York, you get to watch us two times a week every Tuesday on Channel 115 from 7 p.m. to 7.30. And for early risers, which is not you. No. But on Unless you wake me up. Saturday at 6 a.m. to 6.30, where you'll be catching the legend Ronnie Garvin in the reduced version of this it's, show. It's condensed. It's abbreviated version. It's not reduced. You keep making it out like I got a performance issue. Show. I'm stupid. What's wrong with you? And on Channel Sorry. 20 for the late night drinkers and the what? vampires, 2 a.m. to 2.30. <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break with the former NWA champion, Hands of Stone. You know, we got to ask him, too. Yeah. Hands of Stone or Rugged Ronnie Garvin? What does he like oh, better? Oh, man, they're both good, but uh, we'll see you in a sec. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com. Elm Logistics, for all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, pride, performance, and partnerships. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV in Long Island, where we have... A special guest, our honor. We are humbled to have the former NWA champion and pro wrestling legend, Mr. Ronnie Garvey. Oh, yeah. yeah, brother. Yeah. How are we doing there, Rugged Ronnie, or is it Hands of Stone? I like yeah. Hands of Stone. Uh, yeah. Whichever you prefer. Oh. I have so many nicknames. I started the first 10 years, they called me One Man Gang. <laughs> yeah, one 10 man years. Gang. Yeah, at the beginning of my career. Okay. And then uh, 
I had the name of uh, Rugged uh, DN, and it was courtesy of uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> Before that, I was a Hands of Stone. And that was courtesy of? Uh, that was, uh, what was the announcer? That Gordon Soley? Uh, Gordon Soley. Oh, boy, well, he you gets know, nicknames you, from Vince McMahon and Gordon Soley. That's what I'm talking really, about. You really know your history. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, Roddy, first, first, most important, Robert Lurkey, I think I'm pronouncing it right, has skipped church just to watch this uh, wow. interview. So look at this. You're, you're in higher ground right now. Well, no, well thank you. Do you, do you <laughs> want that sort of pressure? I don't know if I would want that kind of pressure. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Ronnie, I, I don't know if you're watching the present product, but... Uh, we spoke about Mickey James, who's a pretty popular, a famous woman wrestler, sure. a very talented, seems like a very nice lady, but her, her end finally came, and she received her goods in a garbage bag. Not just a garbage bag, it was in a box in a garbage bag with her name on it, and yeah. she was offended by it. So she went to social media, and now the WWE has terminated the employee who put the garbage bag in the box. Would you like to weigh in on that? Well, I don't really follow wrestling anymore. So, you know, I wouldn't know much about it. Uh, if I ever watch wrestling, it's because I'm uh, channel surfing and I run across it and I'll mm -hmm. look for a couple of minutes. I don't know anybody anymore. I've been out of it for 30-some years. and uh, But, you know, I, I don't know, but I'd have to know more about the history. You well, know. Well, did you ever get fired from anything? Uh, no, I fired myself. <laughs> I fired myself quite a few times. Really? And told them where to go. Right. <laughs> well, there you you go. know, in the old days... The whole idea was, uh, uh, you know, if you're financially independent, you don't have to be very rich, but just enough to live for a year or two without being employed. Uh, yeah, you could afford to do it, because uh, there was a lot of promoters that were a little bit shady. You know, not too many, but there was just a, a few too many. <laughs> yeah, well. And, uh, and the word gets out, and uh, they promise you the world, and then when you got there, it was not like today where you got contracts and. Everything is asked to be legal. In the old days, it was a handshake or my word is good, mm. and their word was not good. So I told quite a few of them where to go. And, you know, guess what? Seven, eight years later, they call you. Oh, we'd like to have you and uh, put it down on paper. <laughs> well, how, yeah, how do you get over those feelings, though, right? So someone really screws you over, you leave, and then they call you back. Like, is it hard to get over that, or is it just business? All right, well, well you no, know. I treat them like, sh like shit. <laughs> Oh, you can say that. I here. tell them eat shit and die. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. There you go. You know, but I, uh, you know, uh, prime example, uh, Crockett and I, we had a big dispute, and I was back there, and I was the world's champion. Like seven years later, mm. uh, you know, they were wrong, and a lot of times people recognize. You know, they screwed me over some deal I had, and and it was part of the uh, George Scott was the Booker, and he was he was not a good guy. Not to me, anyway. So, you know, everything turns out okay. And then in you the went into George Scott years later again, and he's in WWF, or, or no? I don't. I think he did. Yeah. I but think did you cross paths with him again over there, or were no. you already out of there? Uh, he was already gone. No, that's, in a way, yeah. that's good for you, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, if you know what you're worth, uh, and, and they don't have anything to throw back at you, like you were late, you were drunk, you was on drugs, you got arrested, uh, no, I did my job. Right. I showed up on time. Right. And uh, I put out 100%. So that way, you know, they can't come back at you with anything. Did you? I'm sorry, Mike. Did you find Vince McMahon Jr.'s mm -hmm. uh, word or slash integrity as, as your booker when you worked for him? Did you find him to actually be more honest than some of these other promoters? Oh, I think talk? so. Yeah. Very interesting, because all the time, all we ever hear is his Vince well, he made evil, and he's this, but he's more honest than some of the guys you've dealt with. Yes, sir. There you yeah, go. I uh, never had a problem, and uh, I'll tell you what, I respect him, because uh, the man had a vision mm. about this profession, wrestling. And we had promoters that have been promoting for like 40, 50 years mm -hmm. that didn't want to change. And uh, like it or not, the world changes, mm -hmm. you know. Sure. It might be going too fast, changing, <laughs> for my liking. Sure. But uh, you know, he had a vision, and he's uh, obviously a very smart man. He's a billionaire. Well, did you find them to be ruthless? Like, you know, no. you hear all these wrestling experts go, this ruthless corporation. Are you even talking about this whole Mickey James situation? Oh, my God, they treat these wrestlers bad, or is it Vince was a businessman? Well, you man? have a choice. You take the job or you don't. <laughs> Imagine that concept. I mean, wow. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> who, who runs your life but you? Right. You know? Right. And you complain. Sorry. You know, but most people that complain usually is the people that blew their money away. Mm. They were making big, big bucks, mm. and they went crazy, partying and drugs and you name it. And then at the end of their career, now they're sour because right. they're broke. Right. Or near broke or whatever. And I never had the problem. I never had the problem. Does Just Vince owe these, these, well, I'll use one name, superstar Billy Graham, right? He created those guys. He created them. Hulk Hogan, he created them. I was in the NWA where they, the promoters didn't know what to do with them. Mm. They said, well, go see McMahon. Whoops. <laughs> that, that's what they did, said, Joe. Go, Look what they lost. Look what they lost. Yeah. If they would have had any idea about no idea. what to do with them. Yep. You know, yep. the guy had a physique, good talker. Oh, yeah. Well, it looked great. Sure. You know, might not have been the best wrestler. But look at a career. Right. right. What, what's more important, Mike skills or Matt skills? Ooh. I, I, I think you need both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was not that good on the mic, but I think I produced in the ring. And, you know, and on the size, too. Right. That's why I stayed in shape. Right. You know, if you start to grow a belly, you're not going to go very far in wrestling. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that nowadays. Well, now some of them have bellies and do cartwheels. I, 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 I can't anymore. You know, by the way, speaking of uh, wrestling vision, where did, when did it all start for, for the Hands of Stones vision? How do you become a wrestler? Where did, when does it first pop into your head? How does it all start for you? My, my aunt took me to a wrestling match way, way back in Canada, Montreal Forum. Nice. And uh, I liked it. I was 13 years old, and at 15, I went to a gym and uh, started learning and working out. At 17, I was heading for Boston. So you knew? <laughs> I told everybody back then I was 19. So you knew? First time you watched it? Or, you know, basically, what you ready? Like, I want to well, do I this? Well, I played a little hockey, but you okay. had to be a super... There were so many hockey players in Canada. Yes, <laughs> you, you know, think? <laughs> what kind of living would I make? Oh, unless I was a super, super, you know, hockey player. But I wasn't, you know. I was a slow guy. I, was, I played defense, and uh, there was no, no way I was going to go anywhere in hockey. Okay. Yeah. So, and then in wrestling, well, everything depends on you. It's not a teamwork. That's why I never liked tag team too much. You know, it was okay. I tag team with some of the guys I really like, and but I want everything to depend on me. If I fail, who do you blame? <laughs> you know, if you're in a team. Uh, you want to blame the others. You won a lot of belts not liking it, though. I'll tell you that. I was reason, reading your resume oh, last night. a lot of tag titles, too. Uh, uh, yeah, tag titles oh, and yeah. singles. And yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I w sometimes the problem is, is your partner. It's not you. But all the partners I had were good, so I had to do my part. I had good partners. I had Barry Windham and guys like that, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Tiger Conway Jr., I forgot. I'm a, I saw well, Terry Garvin was all over that. Terry Garvin, yeah, that's how I started. List. Start, Terry had wrestled amateur in Canada. Well, sp speaking of Terry Garvin, right, um, everybody's aware of that whole Ring Boy scandal thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did, yeah. Did, you, did you foresee problems with Terry no. with this type of situation? Or what, what were your feelings about that he, whole thing when you were hearing about that it? That had a weird Te view out Terry of it. Terry was man. like that. He, he was, he was a, one of the biggest river. He would joke with people. He would uh, all kinds, of, and everybody knew he was. He was good. So was Pat Patterson, even in the seventies. There's no secret the, behind they, the scenes. They, it was they it was weren't embarrassed about it, and that's their that's their life. Right. You know, right. I don't interfere with people's life. Your choice is your choice. Right. As long as it ain't mine. Do you ever see anything suspicious no. with the, you know, like any weirdness or with the young kids, you know, setting up the ring at the times or you know? But he would joke with them, and back then people had a phobia. I get, I get. The, oh, he's gay. Well, you know, he didn't attack anybody. Right. Not that I know of. Okay. I was his partner for quite a few years. You know, and we never went to the same places. Nighttime, he was all. He was gone all night long. You know, I don't know where he went. <laughs> didn't care. Mm. I didn't live with the guy. Right. I traveled with him. You know, and he was a fun guy. You know, he loved to joke. Well, so speaking of that, right, you, you lived a pretty clean life, right? And you've been around some guys that, that haven't lived such a clean life. And I would assume, just like a regular life, do some bad things. How hard is it to, like, 
separate business when you don't agree with what someone's doing? I'm not involved as long as they don't interfere with my life. If it interferes with my life, I'll speak out, you know. But what people do in their private life, I couldn't care less. <laughs> you just live. stayed out of it, basically. Live as and let as live. It's the old care. saying, we don't swim in your toilet, don't pee in my pool. <laughs> right? I like that. <laughs> what? That's copyrighted, Ronnie. You can't take it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Classic. Well, you know what, Mike? I gotta, if I could just throw this in. He reminds me of all... We've had about 100 guests since we started this only a couple of years back, but he reminds me very much of Bob Backlund. Here's a guy... <laughs> pure wrestler, stayed out of the drugs, stayed out of the nonsense, has a nice life up in the mountains someplace. Well done, sir. Well, How difficult yeah, well, was well, that? It, really, seriously, well done. It's not really done. difficult. Is, is what do you want? Do you want quality life? Uh, you, you built your future as you're growing. You know, I learned that from my parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's pretty simple. <laughs> you know, what do you wind up with at the end of your life? when you're time to retire. You know, I retired in 03, so I've been retired uh, nice. 19 years, wow. something like that. You know, and, uh, but I worked at it. And uh, I was not interested, well, I was not, I didn't have, sometimes you're delusional. You know, you think you're gonna make millions and millions and millions, and you're gonna have the Hollywood lifestyle, you're gonna have this, that, you know. I had a goal, save so much money a year until I get 55 years old, 57 years old. And if I was not on track, I found a, another place to go where I could make that money. Mm. You know, I didn't care if the guy made a million bucks and I made 200 grand or 100 grand. I didn't, it's what you come out with at the end of the year. That's what counts. Right. And if you stay on that track, and it worked out pretty, pretty much the way I planned it. Very wise. So, so it's easy to say that the character Ronnie Garvin is pretty close to the real person, right? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, see, we didn't, when we did interviews, everything was from here. Yeah. You know, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't somebody wrote it for you. Uh, I couldn't do that. Yeah. That's why I couldn't, I don't think I'd make a good actor <laughs> following the script. That's not Oddly me. enough. I don't know, man. You're flying planes, so, I mean, you know, someone that can fly planes is pretty intelligent. Well, I got guy, so, lucky, sure. so lucky to be able to do everything I wanted to do. Mm. That was another planning. You know, after I quit wrestling, I flew cargo, got hired by a company. I had 5,000 hours, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, you must be pretty good really at it because it, it. Well, sounds, you said you said sounds dangerous to did the foul say, of flying he, planes. You did say something to me earlier, though. You said if you would have known about flying planes or earlier before, you would have oh, never uh, been a wrestler. What? Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I probably would have never wrestled. Well, you would have flown over the cage at Starcade '87 and waved. I, I still, still no, could have. No, 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 wrestle, wrestle. What? I fly over the cage. I still can drop a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what was it like working with the Popos, you know, back in the ICW days? Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> Are uh, they like they wore uh, on camera or off screen? Because if so, they, wow. were, they were different kind of people that I was used to. I mean, everybody has their own way, but you know, Angelo Poffo was a different animal. Uh, I've never been around people like that, where money was their god. Really? Absolute god. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Especially Angelo. And Randy. Uh, Lanny was happy go lucky guy, nice okay. guy. Okay. The other guys, the other two, well, Angelo every day. I, I was in the office. I owned twenty percent of the promotion. Right. You know. Right. So I, I go in the office. And, well, let me uh, ask you. Can we just go back a little bit? How do you end up owning part of Papo's organization? Well, because I was part owner of uh, when we went opposition to Fuller. We went against them and uh, Ron Fuller in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They were operating their, out of Lexington, and we were operating out of Knoxville. And it was a battle, because it was, you know. And uh, so they're the one that approached us. They wanted, because we had a lot of talent. Bob Root, Bob Orton, you know, Malenko, and all the, And uh, that's how we got involved, and they wanted me uh, involved in their promotion. I said, well, I'm going to need 20%, you know. And uh, they agree. 
Hmm. What was Otherwise, it like I on, wouldn't have joined. What was it like on a daily basis? Like you said, you were walking into the office. What was it? What I really was, never had a problem. I just watched the way they operated. And, you know, better rich and dead than poor and alive. I heard that every day. Every day. It, like, it, it, it was almost like a quote. prayer. Mm. <laughs> wow. And I said, that don't make no sense. Better rich and dead than poor and alive. Poor people have a great time sometimes. <laughs> it's true. You know, they drink moonshine, they party, you know, they smoke a joint, you know. Yeah, yeah, a couple of know. aspirin in the morning, interview Rugged Ronnie, he had to say, I mean, oh, wait a minute, what am I saying? And if you were poor, they, they didn't have any respect for you. There was a few wrestlers, you know, they knew they were broken. They just, you know, they didn't have no respect. Did you see the potential in Macho Man Randy Savage back in those days? Did I you didn't think he'd go that far. He was very interesting. Uh, he's a talented guy. Oh, very yeah. Talented, oh yeah. You know, and uh, but he was like that in life, twenty-four hours a day. He was. He was wow. paranoid. I think. I, wow. I, I might be the, wrong. I'm not a psychiatrist. So he was wound up but like an alarm clock. What you? A couple of times I would do something, you know, nice or something. What are you doing that for? You know, he was always on the lookout for. <laughs> just. I never understood so it. So he was paranoid like everybody I think was so. said. I think so. I think this is before paranoid. Elizabeth, uh, isn't it? Wow. But yeah, I, you know, I, I, the only f- real fight I had in wrestling was with him. Do tell. Yeah. What it, happened it, there? Well, it, it didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't last very long. Uh, what caused it? What? Yeah, I was wrestling for Jim Crockett. Okay. And they they just came in, him and Angelo and Leaping Lanning, into the promotion. And uh, I didn't know them. I had heard of them, but I didn't know them. So uh, I'm booked to wrestle in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, my partner was uh, Tiger Conway Jr. And I go way back, you know, the guy's a nice guy. I'd, I used to know his dad, you know, nice family. And uh, so we get in the ring, and I knew something was wrong, you know. And there was something going on with the Poffles against, against him. Okay. And, uh, well... You know, if you're my partner, I'm gonna stick with you. Sure, I, I ain't leaving you. Sure. So during the match, man, they was cussing. I mean, I mean, it was, you know, uh, real shots being. Yeah, it wasn't going real well. Okay. <laughs> and uh, anyway, at the end, it happened. They were gonna jump him, you know. And so I got involved, and uh, as I was walking around the ring, yeah, keeping Lanny at bay because it was one on one at that point, you know. And Lanny was kicking at me and everything, but he, he was keeping his distance, you know. Ooh. And I didn't want to hurt Lanny or really get in a fight with him. So Lanny was like half-hearted into this whole situation? Well, kind when of? I got around the ring, uh, Randy was on top of, of Tiger. Okay. And they put a rope around the ring on those pedestal things, sure. concrete bottom. Sure. I picked that up, and that was the end of the fight. <laughs> Jeez. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> Ow. some people got hurt, and... Uh, in the process, in the schmals, you know, and that a ringside. You know. Wow. Well, not hurt bad, but maybe their ankles. Yeah. You know, they got you know. So. Yeah, victim of circumstance. But anyway, I got yeah. all the blame. There you go. You know. there you and go. Uh, so that's when I left the promotion, yeah. which I didn't care. You know, I, I was wrestling the next day somewhere. Else. Did it get even worse in the locker room afterwards with no. uh, you guys? Or no, just... I never saw him anymore. Right. Never saw him. No. And uh, but this is before you him. did business I, I, with them. I never saw him. Till that year was, uh, I think it was wow. 1980, I think. Okay. 79 or 80. Okay. And this had happened uh, in the 75, 76, I think. Oh, wow. In Charlotte. Okay. I'd never heard from him. You know. Interesting. And, uh, and years but later, he brought it up. He brought it together. up quite a few times. He used to call it the concrete block in the back. <laughs> well, yeah. you're hey, in a fight. For, don't, for... don't drag it on. <laughs> You just you mentioned Jim Crockett. We lost him recently. Yeah. Uh, can you share your feelings on Jim Crockett Jr.? Jim was a good guy, but he was, you know, I think he was a little bit gullible when it comes to Dusty controlling everything mm. and Flair. You know, they would they would really take advantage of him. I think uh, they convinced him to buy jets, airplane, you know, and uh, all the things they were doing and promoting. You know, and well, Jimmy even bought Dusty a brand new uh, Mercedes sports one. You know, the, he was mesmerized with him. And, uh, you know, the guy was booking cards with 30, 40 guys on it. I mean, come on. You know, it's not quantity of matches. It's the quality of the matches. 
you know, and he had all these you know, chain match, cowbell match. Oh, my geez. And uh, I knew a guy that worked. His name was Sandy Scott. He was the guy in charge going, bringing the money back and taking care of the, you know, show the building, make sure everything was going okay. And he told me, he's a good friend of mine. And he says, I saw it coming. He said, I'm seeing it coming. You know, we bring home $90,000, we lost 30000 don't make no sense, you know. Yeah. Did and, he try uh, to talk sense into Crockett and say, hey, look, you, you're mismanaging the way this is set up? Well, they, they expanded too fast. And when you move up this in this direction up here, things are much more expensive than it was in the Carolinas or South Carolina or Virginia. You know, like they say, hey, you put a ring up for $300 in, in North Carolina, you know, and it costs you four, five, six thousand $6,000 here just to put up a ring. Because it's unions and it's big expense, you know. So, so, you know, it's funny you say that. So if you watch these wrestling documentaries, right, yeah. and they have Rhodes on there or Flair, they're like, if Crockett just would have stayed in the Carolinas, oh. it would have been fine. But you're saying they're part of the reason this all happened. Yes, yes. Well, and, and, and that's why Dusty wind up wrestling up here with polka dots. Because <laughs> he used to knock Vince on every interview we did in NWA. Sure. He always put a dig... And Vince is a genius. Right. He put polka dots on him. And then and, and there's and a bodyguard named Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bang! <laughs> Don't screw with me, Dusty! I, I picked up on it so fast, I said, my God. Because I didn't know Vince. Very, right. You know, I, just, I never talked to him for long, long periods of time. You know, it was just small talks. And uh, I said, what a genius. Instead, of, the old promoters, the NWA promoters would have told him to go screw himself. Mm. Vance, no. You made money with him. Mm. And Dusty, Dusty made money, but Vance made money. But then he also ruined his career so he could go nowhere else because he was the one wearing polka dots. Go from the American dream to, to a po polka dot man. With sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> with that, we'll be right back after this commercial break with <laughs> pro wrestling icon, former NWA champion. The list is too long, Mr. Ronnie Garvin. And not the son of a plumber. <laughs> yeah, it was Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, six three one nine hundred dump. Hmm. Jeff Quest Graphics Design, custom vinyl lettering. And all your art and video needs. 516-317-8204. That's for Jeff Quest Graphic Design. And Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage. Ask for Jack. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen only here out of Indie Music TV with a special Sunday morning edition. We'll call it Church. Hi. With... Uh, Former icon of pro wrestling, Ronnie Garvin. Ronnie, I want to. I'm actually going to ad lib a little bit here, Mike, sure. because I just have to ask. You can ask. Does him. Dusty Rhodes get a free pass? What I mean by this is Hulk Hogan always gets murdered on the internet for being selfish and self serving, and he didn't put this guy over and he didn't put that guy over. But it sounds to me. Like, before Dusty got to Vince McMahon, when he was doing his NWA thing, that behind the scenes, he was pretty self-serving. He was pretty uh, I'm selfish. Known Dusty. Uh, with we the, traveled the roads early in the 69, or 70, 68, 69, in Florida. Him and Dick Murdoch were there. And uh, they are a little bit younger than me. And I was driving them around. Well, I mean, they rode with me. They liked to ride with me because I drove pretty fast and... They, I didn't mind if they drank beer, and uh, they were nice guys. But when he became a booker and involved in the promotion, mm -hmm. that's when it, it, he changed. You know, mm. I don't hate him. I, I, I just, you know, I saw a lot of stuff he was doing, 
Yeah. And uh, I don't think it was right. So personal and feelings aside, I yeah. mean, the, I was, he was people. ruthless. I, I, he was ruthless that's behind the scenes. That's one thing I put out of my mind. If I don't like somebody, I ignore them. I right. don't hate them. I right. just they pretend they don't exist. How did you ignore the polka dots later on? That had to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard thing to uh, ignore. Well, uh, you... Just close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> here's one. Here's one thing you couldn't close your eyes on. What was your relationship like with Andre the Giant? Oh, great! What a guy. Okay. I wrestled him. Okay. I beat him in Knoxville, Tennessee, 1978. Wait a minute. You beat Andre the Giant? Yeah. Um, what's what? the story? You can look it up. Wow. Yeah. I thought I did my homework. No, actually, I was aware of it, but. but Please tell I, us the I details. Got a, I got videos, but never of the ending. That was a no-no. So it was a tag match? No. Yeah, no. It was a handicap. handicap he he had a partner, and I was... Yeah. Wait, Andre and Andre a partner had against a you. Yeah. Against you? Yeah. yeah. But... Who was the partner? It, his partner was uh, uh, Welsh. What was his name? Uh, Lord, uh, Roy Lee Welsh. Okay. I had broken Roy Lee Welsh's hand. Yeah. He okay. was in a cast. So he was a partner with a... A hand in the cast, which he he didn't come in the ring. You know, what happened is he challenged me. I wrestle anybody. And that's when I was a one-man gang. <laughs> and he sprang Andre you know, on I was you. a one-man gang. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and I said, I'll wrestle anybody, Superman, anybody. So they tricked me on TV to sign a contract. And then when I find out it was Andre the Giant, oh, my God, you guys going to kill me. And I said, well, I'll do it in one condition. I says, he has a partner. It has to be booked as a, a handicap match. Andre the Giant and Roy D. Wells against Ronnie Garvin. And that's how they they booked the show. Um, it was sold out in Knoxville, you know. And he was a hell of a guy. So you pinned Roy then? Well, actually, I pinned him, and he got disqualified as the referee counted three. He pushed me so high, I went over the top rope, and got he got DQ'd. Hey, I gotta be honest with you. I gotta tell you, the NWA rules. That's one of the reasons I could not like. I had difficulty with the NWA. They always change these rules. No over the top rope. Well, right. over the top was an automatically. Yeah. yeah, back in the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. automatically. Absolutely. And uh, so he was so strong and and long arms that I had him covered because he hit the corner. I moved out of the corner. He hit the corner. So he knocked himself out, and he was laying down. And I covered him, and when I covered him, the referee counted one. Two at three, he was pushing me. The referee looked up. I was going over the top rope. So instead of the pin, he got disqualified. Okay. Okay. So I we did you. two. Now, how did you get along with Andre? Oh, Lord. Great, great guy. Oh, well, we spoke French, you know. Oh, that's right. And uh, he was a good guy. If he liked you, he'd give you the world, you know. If he didn't like you. Good boy. <laughs> good boy. But he was. Uh, he was a heck of a guy. And this is around 78, so that was before he went to uh, Vince, you know. And it then wasn't taped. The ending was not taped. There's no no taping of it. Mm. But I got highlights of the match when he's down and I'm coming off the top rope on him and I'm beating the hell out of him. I hit him over the head with a chair. I was a one-man gang, so I was trying to kill the giant, you know. <laughs> How does it make you feel that so many fans still love and adore you, that you had such an influence on the industry? Well, it makes me feel good. At least I did something good, <laughs> you know. And at the end, it's rewarding, you know. You're surprised at the staying power? I mean, we're talking decades and oh, yeah. decades oh. now. I mean, yeah. your life has just been changed forever well, by the then, things you, you did even, decades ago. In the 60s, when I started, you couldn't even sell a picture. Mm. <laughs> Maybe for a nickel. Right. <laughs> And today, you know, and, uh, the, the, the world has changed so much. Yeah. You know, we were localized. You know, if you wrestled in the Carolinas or you wrestled, they would call them territories. Yeah. So when in, when the Superstation in Atlanta started, the cable, that's when it started expanding. And, and that's when me and the Pharaoh on the phone with each other, like, you're watching NWA 604? Yep. Really? <laughs> yep. So you wrestled, uh, uh, you wrestled for Crockett, Ganya, and McMahon. Oh, Can you senior, Crockett senior, what a... That guy was like my dad. Well, I was young, you know. When I first went there, I think it was 66 or 7. I was 21, 22, 22. And uh, he called me, bring me in the office. You okay? You, you happy here? You know, anything I can do different? You know, I probably would have been like Ric Flair, you know. Probably mm. spend my career there. <laughs> How about Ganya? 
Gagne? Yeah, Vern. Uh, I, I only won there one time. I didn't like, I didn't stay very long. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to live in the north. How about yeah. the way he ran things? How did you find the way? You know, I know you weren't there long, but your observations on Vern as a as a booker and stuff. Uh, not much of a recollection on it, or no. Uh, well, I dealt with this son, Greg. Right. Greg's the one who got me up there. Right. Because we had a. I wrestled him one time in Georgia. Right. He came down to Georgia. We had a match, and I mean, people stood up for thirty minutes. After the match, he couldn't believe it. <laughs> he wanted me to go up there, and. But I was doing fine in the south, and I didn't have to deal with the weather, and uh, you know, cold, and and everything is so much more expensive in the north, you know. What did you think of Greg Gagne as a wrestler? Did you like have a little less respect for him because of his size, or did it matter? No, he was he was he had talent, you know. Of course, his dad owned the promotion; the family did, you know. No, I I like Greg. We had, we had a great match. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I mean, it was it was it's like we had a feud for three months. We had never met. And we get in the ring, and then 10 minutes into the match, man, people are standing, and we had a heck of a match. I, I was shocked, you know. That, uh, but he, he had a lot of ability, you know. He was solid. Oh, yeah. He was solid Size in that don't ring. mean anything. Sure. I used to tell the guys, you know, you're 6'6", six six, and I'm, if I'm 5'10", or 11, when we're laying on our back, we're the same height. And that's the object of wrestling, you know, to pin somebody. Right. So you're no taller than I am. You know, and when you got a big guy and you take him off his feet and he's down, makes you look like a giant. It does. You has, has, has believability disappeared in pro wrestling compared to your day? Well, they don't know wrestling. They know all these moves, clotheslines, and all these, and they come off the top of the building yeah. almost, Cart- and land on tables, and yeah. I'm going... And everybody copies everybody. What do you mean? In a fight, you wouldn't get on a top rope and do a, a triple <laughs> Lindy and hit someone with your toe? you to shoot me before I'm on the way down. Boom! <laughs> That's right. Bam. Bam. You're dead. You mean a somersault is not recommended in fisticuffs? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's well, you can do it. You, know, like don't head, you, don't, you don't see head scissors anymore. You right. don't see moves like that, you know. Sure. Uh, but do you think the fans are a little different? We talk about that, oh, too. Yeah. You know, you used to slow down a match yeah, with an arm bar. Well, they conditioned them to what's what's today. Sure. And a lot of these younger, this younger generation, a lot of them, if they don't look back at what it used to be, mm. you know, and uh, maybe a lot of those younger fans would be bored with our, the old-time wrestling. It's quite possible, Mike. You've said it yourself that that's you know, what you, the attention span is not the, the same. psychology was, was to pin a guy, submission, you know, and wrestling, you know. And you throw punching kicks. When I first started it, then there was not a whole lot of punching and kicking. Right. You know. Right. Then you know the very they the promoter would tell you, "I want to see wrestling." You know, and and and, and if you don't convince people that they're looking at a contest, you're not going to get a reaction. Today they try to they pin each other at the end of the match. You try to pin the guy right off the bat or submission, and then you go for holes and you know and. Uh, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, we've got to go 20 minutes, and well, I'm going to beat the guy. So, <laughs> And they copy each other. You didn't dare copy anybody. When I started in wrestling, man, you did not copy anybody. Yeah, you get a fist to the face if you take somebody else's uh, you stuff. You got a warning first, and then the second one. Well, that's nice. At least they warned you. How polite of them. Yeah. See, it was, it was well, a safer... You didn't even need a warning, just a look. Right. On their face. Sure. <laughs> John Studd stepped over the top rope. Andre was waiting for him. <laughs> Right, I was a huge Freebird fan, right? Oh, yeah. So at the time oh, yeah. where they give you the NWA strap, was now Jimmy Jimmy Garvin was your stepson, right? Yeah, is, is your stepson. Yeah. Um, was Jimmy supposed to win the belt, or was it always planned to give you the title? Wow, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Right, I don't think so. How did you end up getting the strap then? How, how was that decision made? Ah, uh, that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. You know, were you, and, were you, and, uh, well, I was, forgive me, though. Were you 42 at the time that they you got the strap? Yeah. Wow. Were you surprised when they came to you with that? At that? At, no. Know? Well, what they did is I, I, I kind of figure it out. Uh, I beat all the four horsemen. Whoa. And, uh, well, well I, do I, it. I was the one-man one man gang, hands of stone. And, you know, so I'd have matches, man. They'd send two. They'd come in one after another. Man, I'd beat the heck out of everybody. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was getting over. I was, you know. And uh, I guess they decided 
I think they wanted to do it, give it to Magnum, but he had that accident, mm. you know. And uh, so, you know, that was their decision, not mine. You had to be pleased. As I, well I as was surprised. not. I never was. Belts didn't mean a whole lot to me. Okay, was money. You know, you how can, about that? Belt, you though? you can give me twenty dollar payoff and put all the belts you want. They did that <laughs> in the old days. Okay, they didn't pay the guy. Okay, they put a belt on him, and the guy stayed. Oh, I'm the champion. Is that what Carlos tried to do to you in Puerto Rico? Here, have belt oh. stay. Well, here, oh, no. you, you know, it's, fun, it's <laughs> funny you said that because this is a really interesting question. Uh, Ferdinand Salas says out there, Ronnie, when you were in Puerto Rico, what were your thoughts on Cologne and the Bruiser Brody murder? Well, I went there and I benefited from that because they couldn't they boycotted. You know, people I, didn't want to go I, there. I have been there way, way before that, and I always liked Carlos. You know, I've knew him for a long time, and uh, I never, I didn't have a beef with anybody, and uh, I think it happened was between two guys. I wasn't there, but you know, and uh, Brody, I love the guy. He flew with me quite a bit, you know, I traveled with him, and but he was pushy. He was a pushy guy, which a lot of guys are. He's clearly headstrong. Probably guilty of that sure. myself, okay. and the guy that stabbed him had lost two dog, two little girls, right. drowning. Right. So you might have been a little bit. And Brody probably said, hey, I'm not going to do this. This is the way it's going to go, blah, 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 blah. And probably a little verbal argument. Mm. And the guy came back in with a towel around his hand. And and uh, I wasn't there, So, but that's what I hear. Your thoughts when you heard the news? Oh, I thought it was horrible. Devastated. But, but he was a small guy. Mm. And maybe he was threatening. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not justifying anything. Instant. You know, because he never went to jail. Right. And uh, right. murder is murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So everybody boycotted. Mm-hmm. And they called me. And I said, sure, I'll come. You know. How long after the murder was this that you got to Puerto Rico? I don't really remember. If it was a few months, maybe? Just a few months. Were you nervous about going there? No. I mean, I know you knew Carlos, but... Were you no, the... I didn't. Interesting. No, it was between two individuals. You got nerve, man. I would have been a little nervous. That's why some guys were boycotting. Yeah. That's... Nah, I never... I never, I never even thought about it. Do you like wrestling in Puerto Rico? The crowds uh, and it's stuff. It's dangerous some places, you know. And uh, I went over there and I beat Carlos Colon and uh, twice. It, it, yeah, it two was times. bad yeah, coming that, out of the ring. <laughs> that belt two times. Yeah, rocks are flying and bottles. But he gave you the belt and paid you. That was nice. Oh, of him. paid me real well. Oh, there we go. There we real go. Sometimes well. you just get a belt and not well, get paid. Well, they didn't have a choice. Said. They couldn't get anybody. Right. So I just set a price and no problem, you know. And I was going just on the weekend. You know, I was flying, as a matter of fact. Wow. I had started flying because I was retired. Did you ever tangle with Abdullah down there? I'm just curious. Uh, I think I did. I wrestled Abdullah three or four different times. Down in Puerto Rico? No, in Puerto Rico, I think I did once. And then other places. I can't remember what town. Was it a bloodbath? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You were all over the building. You did a tour of the building. You know, upstairs, downstairs, around, in the bathroom. Right, right. (laughs) There's a great hot dog stand by the bathroom on the second level. Let's go over there, grab something to eat. (laughs) Sure, sure. Uh, We'll be right back after this commercial break with Hands of Stone, Rorani Garment. Hands of Stone, have a sandwich. (laughs) M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sport and non-sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. <laughs> oh, what's up, Mike? Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Yeah, not that much. You know, Jimmy, I love this country. Oh. I love to buy Made in America material. And I love to buy my artwork at TAG, T-A-A-G, Made in America, 14 East Broadway, Port Jefferson, New York, 11717, the shop at the corner. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and Faro, seen only here out of Indie Music TV on a special Sunday morning edition. I want to remind fans that after this interview, about an hour later, we have the nine-time NWA Tag Team Champions Rock and Roll Express. Sweet. Uh, in studio. Sweet. 
Ronnie, your legacy, of course, m- mostly sits, obviously, with the NWA, former world champion, all the days through the territories, dominating. What was it like when you finally got to the WWF? I mean, was it like you know, known today as the WWE? Was that like culture shock? I mean, how different was it? It was. <laughs> I got there, and after I got there, I said, what do I do? <laughs> I'm surrounded with monsters. There's more gimmicks going on and angles and I mean you know and the whole idea of the business is to get on pay-per-view you know that's what the big money was pay-per-view and that was new to me you know I think we we had a couple I think with Crockett it was just the beginning of it you know and uh, of course it didn't take a genius to figure that out that's what you got to get on and I said man I'm a you get lost here you know how do you stand out so I looked at Greg you know and I like Greg I mean, uh, Valentine. And uh, so I talked to him. And I said, you know, you want to you work with me? And he's my style. I mean, we beat the dog shit out of each other. <laughs> you know. And one thing about Flair, I did the same thing with Flair. Mm. And he never complained. Mm. You know. And uh, I, I respected that. So you do uh, have hands of stone for real. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> So, <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> so I uh, run something by him about, you know, and uh, the whole thing was my idea, you know, wind up a referee and losing and, and, and come back. Yeah, you and, shafted him. Well. Yeah. Really bad. But Go on. I had I'd done that in the past. You know, <laughs> I'd done that three or four times in the past, but every time I lost and lose or leave, I'd come back with a mask. I was Mr. Knoxville, I was Mr. Fort Myers, I was Mr. Ugali, I was Mr. You know, and I would wrestle with my boots, my, my initials RG. So the commentator would say, I think you're Ronnie Garvin. You got RG on your boots. <laughs> That's funny. And I would say, no, 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 no. This means a rugged grappler, <laughs> yeah, rough grappler, rough grappler. And uh, already, oh, you know, and so I said, well, let's change it. And I'll, I, I'll come back as a referee. I go get a license. Anybody can be a referee, you know. Uh, go, but providing you have a license up north in the south, you don't need a license. So that's what I did. And then I was in his shit all the time, you know. Mm. I mean, oh yeah, just uh, oh, drive yeah. him crazy. Yep. You know. And, yep. Uh, you know, it got you retired over. my favorite wrestler back then. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it Thanks got a over. Lot. You know, we had we had some. <laughs> Hell of a matches. Oh yeah. I mean, is he in your top five favorite opponents, uh, Mister? One of them. Yeah. He's, he's up there. There's huh? a lot of them, but he's he's one of the top ones. How many you Broadways know? did you do over your career? Were you did you ever <sighs> involved in the Broadway thing? Uh, oh, multiple times. I, I I know I did two. One time, uh, Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. What? With, with Flair. <laughs> two. Two one what? hours. Wow. And then, then I asked for another ten minutes. Yeah. We <laughs> wow. Okay. The longest match I ever had was two hours and 40 minutes. What? It was a Texas death match. Beginning of my career, I was a booker in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. You so booked was, yourself to wrestle almost three hours? No, I booked the whole... <laughs> the whole <laughs> but I, that was my idea to, to do that. Bet you didn't do that again. I'm tired. <laughs> I, would, I did two hours and 40 times, minutes? Close to the two hours. You know. Was this... One flow after two no, hours? No, it was multiple falls. It was a Texas death match where the falls didn't count. Okay. The pin, you know, they, they didn't count. There was no time limit. You know, everything goes. Texas death match. Right. You know. So we went in the ring and beat the shit out of each other for, you know, and, you know, we got probably 10, ten falls out of that. Who was the maybe. opponent again, if I can ask? It was, uh, it was called a hangman number one. Hangman number one. Uh, look it up. I can't. I can't remember his hangman name. number two must have been thrilled what, he didn't have to it's, wrestle. It's three actually hours. very smart booking because you just wrestle the hangman the whole entire card. You just pay to get paid, you two, and you're done for the <laughs> Right? Not to pay anybody else. Yeah, I didn't have to pay sweat of us. That's fantastic. Speaking sweat of pay, of Ronnie, what was your biggest payday for one single match? Oh. Uh good eighty thousand. Wow. Yeah. Is that Starcade? Yeah, I think it was one of them. Yeah. Starcade with Flair probably in the cage. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to get a few uh, fan questions in. Uh, Mike Messier. Hey, Mess. Ask Ronnie about turning on Dusty in Baltimore, Ooh. how us fans in attendance cheered instead of booed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty's ego. Dusty didn't like it when I got over. 
you know, I don't think it was his idea for the belt to start with, but he did. I think Flair is the one probably insisted on it. Anyway, I, I, I beat all the four horsemen, you know. And, uh, you know, they were great guys. They were, you know, especially Tully and, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Arn. Arn. Oh, man. Sure. What a, one of my favorite guys to wrestle. What a great wrestler. <laughs> oh, one, God. one of my favorite. Oh, the two of you two. And, oh, uh, God. And uh, he, he, he couldn't stand it. He did the same thing a little bit with, with the Rock and Roll Express. They were overselling out everywhere, and he booked himself with them six-man tag. Because mm. they would draw more in a small town than him in the main event in a bigger town. And so he couldn't stand it. They were over. These guys were like rock stars. But anyway, coming back to the, uh, he he just couldn't stand it. So he, he came up with the idea of me uh, put a bounty on himself through uh, Hart, the manager. Gary. Mm-hmm. Gary Hart. Right, right. He paid me five thousand dollars if I'd knock him out. Well, I went in the ring and I did that. But of all the towns, I tried to tell him. I said, "Hey, I'm over here. You know, I beat two guys: Ted DiBiase and the Jake the Snake. You know, and people, yeah. the fans were oh, fantastic, unbelievable. You know, the crowd was just, and it makes you want to really, really go at it when people are with it. You know, and uh, so oh, no, no, no. He says, well." I'm Dusty Rhodes. Don't worry about it. They'll be cheering me. He, he got booze. <laughs> I mean, I got the, you know, it didn't work as good as he thought it was going to work. Mm. So he wanted to give me a partner, uh, Alex Perez and, and Gary Hart as a manager. And the light came on because I know all that shit. I know what goes on in some of those guys' mind. What he was going to do, he's going to beat all three of us because I beat all the horsemen. Mm. So he's not going to beat me, just just beat me. He's going to beat all three of us. Be Superman again. <laughs> Didn't happen. I got on the airplane. We were going somewhere, do TV in Atlanta. I got on the plane, shook hands with all the boys, guys that, you know, they thought I was joking. Then I walked right back out. It was a private plane, you know, the jet. Mm. And uh, shook hands. Even the crew, the, the pilots, they waited. They thought, because I got off the plane and left. I was gone. I never went back. Wow. <laughs> wow. That sends a message. <laughs> Here's a pretty difficult question. It's pretty, I guess it would be hard to answer, but uh, Make-A-Wish is asking out there, if you were in a Survivor Series and you could book it yourself, who would the other members of your team be? Who would you want to work with? Well, what do you, he's got three to pick from? Uh, five, I think. Oh, was five? I, I thought it was four. Oh, I I'd probably remember. be on my team. I was a heel on my life, mainly. Most... Till the end of my career, the last, you know, uh, I'd probably like to have Greg on my side. I like that. You know, Arn Anderson. I like that. You know. Got a uh, couple more? Give me two Jake more. Jake the Snake. Okay, you got one more. Uh, Ted DiBiase. Nice. Yeah. Just had him in the last couple of weeks ago. Great. That seems nuts. Ted DiBiase might have been the, we were talking about this the other day, himself, Kurt Henning, and Ric Flair, probably the best sellers in history of the oh, business, boy. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Ronnie, we've had the honor of having so many legends like yourself in, um, and obviously wrestlers worked as independent contractors. A lot of wrestling experts out there are always pushing for a union. Oh, that's the worst thing can happen. <laughs> Why? Please explain. Why? I mean, you're a grown-up human being, a wrestler with muscles this big, some of them, mm. you know, and they can't do their own deals they can't they can't talk they can talk on tv well go to the promoter and tell him what you want and if he doesn't want to give it to you we'll go somewhere else that's that simple you you're not forced to do anything you know it's like when they try to blame uh, vents for for the drugs you know i didn't do drugs you know there was a problem it's an individual problem mm-hmm. and there's no way a promoter is going to know what you're doing in your private life you know, and unions is the same way. Unions is a way to get who makes the most money out of that. The, the union. Unions. union. Right. Uh, what kind of a, uh, listen, I never finished the ninth grade. Okay? I got kicked out of school. And I don't understand how people can think that a union is a good thing. I just don't. Uh, I'm full I can with speak you. for myself. I can talk. I don't talk in sign language, so I'm pretty sure I can make myself understood real well. In sign language, I'd have to learn the language, you know. 
<laughs> but I don't know. I don't understand that. I heard that for with years and years. Huh? You were careful with your money. That, that well, that's the too. whole idea in life. You didn't make a beeline for the bar after you, you got all wrestling. your life. I'm 76 years old, and I had 50 years to make my bed. Mm. And if I'm not comfortable in my bed today, whose fault is it? Ronnie Garvin. Right. Nobody to blame. Understood. I'm not a victim. We live in a world today that everybody wants to be a victim. They're hooked on this. Like, Hard to argue. Drugs are a disease. Being hooked on drugs. A drug addict is... No, it's a self-induced disease. It's a, It might be a disease. It's a choice, though. Yeah, yeah, everything is a, a choice. choice. Everything's a choice. It Every is. single thing in it life is a choice. Is a choice. I agree. Absolutely. So you, agree. you're originally from Canada, and now you're yeah. living this in the United States. Are you concerned with what's happening right now <laughs> in the United States? They're destroying it. I left Canada because Canada was on that way. Socialism. Uh, everything is government. Government can't run nothing. Mm. Government, we got homeless, we got drug addicts, we got all kinds of crimes, we got all kinds of uh, infrastructure, we got the bridge collapse, we got all kinds of mess. Government doesn't work, and they want to fix the climate. Leave that to God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Don't touch that. Yeah. Just start fixing the bottom before we go to the top. And that part there, I don't think anybody on the planet can fix it. I got, I got to be 100% honest, right? <laughs> so I don't know if everybody knows, but The Rock is announcing that he's going to run for the presidency. Oh, I could see this coming for But I, I can tell you, with I could see all this legends that have come in here and we talk politics with, pro wrestlers know more about politics than politicians. I've never agreed seems with to, pro wrestlers as much as I see, have. Yeah, it it's seems like, to be that way. It's unbelievable. See, they seem to I know might exact, end up voting for this guy They now. seem to know exactly what they're looking at, the, the wrestlers. Oh, for yeah. The, for the most part. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you got any, the problem with what's missing is common sense. Yeah, that's gone. You go a long ways in life with common sense. Yeah. Can I get it on Amazon by any chance, Common Sense? Does it come in a box? You got <laughs> All right, Roddy, we got about one minute left. Oh, We're going to hit you with the Pharaoh's final question. Wow, I can't believe you're doing this to me so fast. Jeez. I know. Ronnie, what is your favorite match of your career, your favorite moment? Just give me one moment that just, you know, if that's the one you think about the most, or that's the one that makes you feel happiest. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. That was a privilege. That really was. He sold like he was uh, 150 pounds. Really I mean, you know, something. I look like I look like the giant, a short version of it. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I was David, David and Goliath. That's for yeah, sure. I was David. He's two Goliaths on. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Because he never said a word when we went to the ring. I hear him. He was down. He was solid. He never done that with Hulk Hogan or anybody. Right. Ever. Right. Ever. What a privilege. Yeah. yeah. What an honor. I can't even picture something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I never forgot it. There you go. There you go. Mr. Garvin, it's been our honor to have you in this studio. Absolutely. You are one incredible human being. And uh, I shared with you before, we had a friend mm -hmm. who passed away of uh, cancer yeah. years back. Great guy. Yes. And yeah. one of the fond memories I have of you is his love for you oh and how God. much he loved watching Ronnie Garvin in action. So I mean, uh, as a, uh, we are humbled to have you in our studio, and thank you. Oh, again, it's such sir. a great pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thanks you for know. the memories too, yeah. man. Thank where, you so uh, much. Where can fans uh, follow you, see you, uh, anything? I, I don't have any. I'm not online. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook stuff like that. I'm not mm -hmm. on any. I'm I'm still operating with smoke signals. <laughs> so I so don't. So fans understand. can look for smoke signals and reach out well, to you, maybe. Yeah. Well, two puffs. Is I love you. There you and go. by the way, before you got here, I was speaking <laughs> yeah. to Mr. Garvin. I said, if the country keeps going the way it's going, I'm moving to Virginia. I'm going to live in his basement. Really? Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of people, a lot of friends. They said, oh, when the shit hits a fan, we. What, I said, y'all come up to the mountain. We're on our way. <laughs> I'm, be there. I'm going with him after we get out of here. I'll see you later. <laughs> You've been watching Long Island's number one pro wrestle broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen here out of Indie Music TV. You can catch us on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Yeah. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Ooh. Anchor TV, and catch us in New York Cable, Channel 115 and Channel 23 times a week. Nice. In about an hour, maybe a little less, we've got the Hall of Fame Rock and Roll Express in Stuces and NWA Gathering. Good. 
train keeps on a running. Farrow, any parting words? Just want to thank Hands of Stone, Rugged Ronnie, and stay tuned for the Rock and Roll Express. And until approximately, uh, well, a little less than an hour from now, later. Are they here?